ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Hey, what is up everyone? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. In this week on the podcast, we bring to you another episode of Observing Our Thought. It feels like it's been a while since we last recorded one of these Observing Our Thoughts, so I think one of these conversations was well is well overdue. So anyway, me and Chris sat down and we talked about the flat earth debate that we just did. We well and truly thought that an explanation and a bit more diving into that topic was needed. As we've had a lot of response from that debate, it's went absolutely crazy over the last couple of days. So we start off this podcast giving our thoughts on that. And in the future as well, we also definitely want to be doing more debates in the future. So if you have any ideas of other debates that you want to say on the podcast, me and Chris have a few in mind. But if you have any ideas, reach out, let us know, and we'll see what we can do and if we can make it happen. In this podcast of Observing Our Thoughts, we also talk about the nature of reality. We talk about the simulation theory, consciousness in general. We talked a bit about evolution, imagination, and we talked about a few dreams that me and Chris have had. As always, these conversations go all over the place, so I hope you enjoy. And just before we jump with this, I wanted to say, if you can support the podcast, that would be amazing. And you can do that through our Patreon page, and we also have a one-off donation option. And them channels are really the best way to support the podcast. It really helps us to keep doing what we're doing. And we really are on a mission with this podcast. And we want to keep bringing you the best conversations on the planet we can. Like I said, we want to do more debates, more and more interesting guests. We're going to keep plowing forward with this. So anyway, enjoy this episode of Observing Our Thoughts. So here we go, another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Here we go, Dan, Observing Our Thoughts. Yeah, man, this is such powerful, man. I love when we get together. It's like therapy for us. Therapy. So I was thinking maybe a good place to take this episode of Observing Our Thoughts and this podcast would be to jump into the conversation of our last podcast we just did, mm-hmm. the Flat Earth Debate, because it it's caused a lot of controversy. And obviously... We knew it was going to do that, but we wanted to sort of try and stir up people's minds and see what people think on the topic. Yeah, definitely. But what did you think about the flat earth debate we just did? I o- thought it was... other than other than people commenting thinking that we mean you were also the physicists as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny when it's funny when you read the comments because immediately, like, because we're egocentrical beings, we look straight for the comments about us. It's like, how did we come across? And um, but to be honest, they were really hard to find considering like. 
the magnitude of what people's considering would, would mean you didn't say a word. Yeah, we hardly said anything. <laughs> so we're not, um, I mean, we're certainly not astrophysicists. We don't know anything, do you? <laughs> but uh, that's the best thing about me and you. We don't. We openly admit we don't know anything, and we're just here for the ride. And like I said, that's why me and you wanted to have a conversation around that topic because me and you were just two normal lads. We're just asking the bigger questions about the universe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's what's life if you can't if you can't have a bit of fun and you can't like sort of? And I'm not saying the conversation is just fun, but can't just sort of go to places where nobody's willing to go because yeah, so many people are not willing to engage in these conversations. I mean, we approach to do this conversation in general, we approach so many different people. And it's quite funny because them same people that we've appro- we approach to do this debate and have this conversation, mm-hmm. I've actually seen some of them in the comments turning around now and saying, oh, get me ha- let me do the debate, let me do the debate. But it's so funny that they are coming out the woodworks now when... I emailed them so many times. Yeah, I think that's I funny as well to see how people's reactions. Yeah, immediately people are going to get on the defence founder and say, oh, well, this is just all blah, blah, blah. This is all just going to be, this is all lies. You cut me on, I'm going to debate you. I'll, I'll make sure like the truth gets spoken. Well, we've, we we offered you a platform. The platform was offered to a lot of people and a lot of people did say no. I mean, we really put our necks on the line to try and get the, the most accurate, most... Um, professional practitioner who can actually really deliver on the su- subject. We've had some, we had some mm. really top people lined up. We emailed them, they got back, but yeah. immediately, like when you express the nature of the conversation, what it's going to be like, you find out that people aren't really. They feel like it's going to be something that might discredit them as as a scientist yeah. or something like that i would say though we do i think we do need a lot more discussions like this in society we need more debates i mean that we've talked about this many times that on the podcast that's what we want to do we want to bring alternative people together to have these conversations and see mm. and just see see we're in a in a sense just see where the cards fall because yeah definitely more conversation like these in in life to have to be balanced you've got to allow yourself to You've got to ent- allow your mind to entertain both sides of a conversation. Like certain people w- would say, th- have in the comments have said things like, "Why would you even entertain a conversation like this?" Mm. But the fact of it is that if you just the fact that you're allowing to entertain yourself to a conversation, it allows you to expand your mind and ask questions that you wouldn't normally. Because that's yeah, what, that's, in a sense, that's ultimately what the goal is. That's what the goal is. I mean, the media in general our whole lives that we've lived our whole lives mm-hmm. we're all constantly getting told one side of the conversation so for us to actually bring a real conversation to people why not bring two completely opposing sides to the conversation mm-hmm. and just allow bring the evidence to people and allow people to see what they think yeah definitely i mean why why should people be void of like the argument on both sides i know people automatically address their own opinions and say this is what it is this is what I think it is, and I'm going to say this in the comments straight away and discuss that. And that's what ultimately people need to break away from these patterns of like, I know this, I know mm-hmm. that, and this is what I'm going to be doing, this is what I'm going to, this is what I need to show people. Because ultimately, everyone's on this journey of learning and observation, and that's what we need to understand, and that's what every one of us needs to go down to the simplistic part of the brain where we're just in the state of learning, yeah. just like children. Just like, just like the idea of what is this? What's that? How can I, and how can how can that affect me? We ultimately need to know that. Yeah, and that's because no. If you ask yourself a fundamental question, 
nobody knows what this is. Nobody knows what we're doing. Nobody knows who, mm-hmm. who, who, who. Nobody, like me and you right now, we're in these meat suits, like having this conversation now. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of, all the things that's going on to have this conversation now, you talk, your voice voice goes through this mic, the mic goes, the, it goes into the camera, mm-hmm. these Norton ones make all these different digits, <laughs> then someone else sees them on the other side. In a sense, the bigger picture of life and everything that's going on, nobody knows what's going on. So that's why everyone should stay humble and just be open to to different yeah. debates and different conversations. And, that, and that's what's ultimately um, something that kind of lowers people's consciousness. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're the top physicist in the world or if you're a complete explorer of the mind, if, you're, if you shut yourself off to ideas, what other people are seeing, no matter where whether it being a flat earther or anything else, then you are really limiting who you are yeah. and your potential as a human being on this planet. Something, a, a great quote of, um, a great quote I've read to, um, today, not today, sorry, um, a couple of days ago, but it was, the meaning of existence is to learn that we are not separate. And that's a great quote because it makes me think straight away, it makes me understand the, the power of how we're all one, how we're all yeah. together, and how we're all connected. It also makes us makes you appreciate that everyone is similar. We all have our own queries, our identities, and express our own viewpoints, which is beautiful, but ultimately you can never shoot anyone else down because that's just you in th- another part of the I like that. body. I think I think you've always got to remember as well that that um mm-hmm. in life your beliefs always change. Like I remember when I was younger, I was at a point where, um, mm-hmm. where I can remember when I used to be, when I first started the journey, I was a keyboard warrior. And like, I would sort of go to somebody in like somebody's channel who I actually respect now and deeply remo- uh, love their work. Yeah. And I would shoot them down and go, oh my God, I can't believe you're talking about this. But I think we've all been steered through stages in our life where you, where you instantaneously have a belief. Because I think a lot of time the human mind is like, is, is a pattern. Like so, so your your like a your whole life is a stage of patterns now. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And your patterns form your beliefs. And see, same with me as well. Same with all the people who listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then if you're if and in that in a, in certain moment that you're exposing your patterns too, if your patterns are con- conflicted, conflicted, and uh, you don't really like them, sort of uh, your mind starts sort of thinking, oh, well, I don't like him, and it and, yeah. and it feels like it's an attack on your own beliefs. Instead of just listening to the knowledge, you more just feel like it's an attack on who you are. Yeah, and that shows very insecure. Because I've felt that before a lot of times. And I, yeah, but that's what it is. It's very insecure mindset. It's very insecure mindset, isn't it? When we, when we're too busy wanting to challenge um, people on their own opinions and our own views without really expressing, like, without listening. I mean, the art of the art of true um, knowledge is through is found through listening, which is ultimately where we have to lie. We have to lie in a state of ignorance and bliss where we can just sit back and understand. I mean, another one of these great quotes I heard, um, this was from uh, the creator of Headspace. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. And um, when he was doing a meditation a day, his meditation said, um, you can learn within 10 minutes of meditating about for the for everyone humanity than you ever could for 10 hours of meditating for yourself and it just shows you man everyone is so much about this like about this life about this existence and about really what's what's going on yeah and this is what we're frightened of to be honest i think there is a little 
a little part of it is that we're actually frightened to understand what the truth could be. Yeah, definitely. And I th- oh, sorry, go on. No, I'd like that. I'd like completely agree. And I was going to say as well, just to speak on the debate as well, which I did want to say on it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think because what I learned from it is that obviously I learned a lot about our own our own self of how we can conduct a debate better in the future because I definitely think that me and you ourselves both could have conducted that a lot better. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do say is, is that within a debate and I do think that why that's why allegedly Dave came across better is because a conversation in general yeah. is in a debate is not just always about what you know I think sometimes as well and not to take anything away from Dave's knowledge or Pierre's knowledge or anything but I think there is more to sort of like uh, when you have a conversation with somebody there's an art to it there's an art to like putting your point across yeah, and I think sometimes not. in society I mean you can have all the knowledge the best knowledge in the world but if you can't articulate your, yourself in the correct manner, in the correct way, you're mm-hmm. going to lose a debate. Because even, I mean, I've seen a lot of debates on the internet and it's sometimes not always the most, it's not always the the, the, the person who knows the most knowledge that wins. It's actually the person who can can put his, put certain point, points across, yeah. ask certain questions in the correct places and things like that. It's true. If you can articulate yourself in a different, in a manner of way, so to speak, I mean, Dave's spoken to a lot of people in the Flat Earth community for a long time, so he knows what they want to hear. He knows it inside out, yeah. doesn't he? And Pierre, who did the conversation, the particle physicist, he didn't understand what he was truly up against. He didn't understand the people who he was really talking to in this debate. He just wanted to see it from a scientific aspect, and that's what he was trying to put across was his scientific parts. Um, and he expressed himself, and to be honest, I thought he expressed himself in a really good way. The only problem was that it wasn't Pierre's strongest suit and it wasn't where Pierre's really, he hasn't lay there long enough to really, yeah, I agree with that. to really express valid points on like what actually, what actually could have generated a, a better response. Better response. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot, a lot of us, I mean, me and you are still on a learning curve as well. This podcast is still got a long, long way to go before it actually becomes something where people be thinking classing it as something like Joe Rogan or something like that. If we ever get there, we ever get there. But to be honest, something like that was a huge learning curve for two guys who's had no experience in podcasting to to create a debate between two of the flat earthers and stuff like that. And this is what's powerful about it, man. I mean, we're up here right now. We're really, we're trying to live, like, we're trying to express to people some form of truth. Yeah, we're just trying to ask questions. Yeah. That's basically what we're trying to do. What what I think is interesting about the debate, you know, is why I think, and why I do think people are asking the question of the flat Earth debate, and why people are, why 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 are people are debating for, and so many people mm. are arguing, is because, in my opinion, and this is one reason why I wanted to have the conversation for us as well, is because I think there's a there's a big trust problem with like, because there's a big trust problem with with where we get our sources from. Yeah. And people could say that for the same thing for the conversation as well, but we brought two people together, so that's balanced in my opinion. But what I am saying, though, is that in terms of NASA and the government and people like that, I mean, even if you look at the NASA, we can't, people can't trust NASA anymore. All the, I mean, half of the pictures that they put out there and stuff like that is they changed from week to week. They, they changed all the time, like yeah. the CGIs and stuff like that. So I think there's a big, that's what I think is a big trust issue. That's why people are asking questions. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's it's scary how we're at the point now where there's too much corruption going on that we can't even trust governing bodies, and that we have to really we have to really get our sources of information from other aspects, which 
as well could be untrustworthy. You never know. You never know where that other person's getting their information from. And I'm not saying this was um, allegedly Dave or anything like that. This could be any anyone of our guests. It could be even me or you. We could have caught information from somewhere, which is from a place where, which is complete fabrication of someone's mind, or someone just wanted to create something to spark some interest into something what, what they thought was interesting. But ultimately, it could be a lie. It could be something completely disingenuous. I mean, we're at the point now where. We have a platform, and it's scary to think that because we never really thought yeah. the truth would happen. Never thought like this would be like a platform on a, like a massive scale to where we can reach hundreds of thousands of people. And thankfully, we have. So it's up to us to deliver not the truth, but some form of I'm trying to think of the correct word. To I don't say know, just not even now. Nah, just ask the questions. Yeah, that, that's just the point. Questions, just, because you just quite, spark some curiosity in people. Yeah, of course. That's all. That's all we ever want to do for this podcast is just spark some curiosity. I think well, well, here's something that I want to attack as well. In terms of, I wanted to give our own opinions on on the flat Earth debate and the and obviously the the globe model. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what what do you think? Do you? I mean, do you? What? How much do you believe in it? And how much? How much thought have you given to the? globe model and the flat earth model oh um i looked into a lot of dave's um workings after like the blue marble and stuff like that and the, um the vacuum mm-hmm. effect what he was talking about and i watched that mythbusters episode and i thought that was really interesting really interesting as well mm-hmm. and what really cute what really came into my mind was that even though there was some like definitive proof and stuff like that there was a lot that there was never anything stand out that made me ever think it's flat. But then again, on the other side, there's nothing really like concrete that says to me like, oh, it's definitely round. Yeah. Because ultimately, I've never really, I've always thought of these questions as there's something I'm ne- there's never something I'm gonna find out. I'm never gonna get to the point where I'm gonna see the end of the world, or I'm never gonna get to the point where I'm in space looking down and go, oh yeah, it's definitely it's a globe. I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find um, some form of just truth from what my perspective of truth would be, but always keep that open mind. I always keep that. Yeah, it could be something else. Yeah, I was. I like that. I was gonna. I was gonna say to you when you said there. The, I'm, I'm, you said that I'll not ever get a chance to see if it is, or you'll never get a chance to go to the end of the world and see if it is. You might get a chance to do that, but what I was gonna say is, is right now you don't know. You haven't been to space. You haven't been to the edge of the world. You haven't been to Antarctica. So that's why, in my heart, I don't know. Because, uh-huh. I mean, even these two guys who we had in the podcast who did the Flat Earth debate, allegedly Dave and Pierre, they were, in my opinion, they were too, they were too intellectually, too, in their own fields, they were too highly intellectual guys, in my opinion. They do know the stuff. People's mm-hmm. going to argue with that and say, ah, oh, he's, he's not, he's not. But they do, they, they, they could have a good conversation and a good conversation about it. Mm-hmm. People might disagree and say that they were flawed here, flawed here. All flawed human beings. Yeah. Let's get that right right now. <laughs> But ninety nine point nine percent of the population to really debate the the full workings of if the earth round and is the earth flat, in my opinion, like I don't have the I don't have the capability. Mm-hmm. I know that you don't have the capability, I know that loads of other people don't have the capability to be able to really scientifically because it's not just like it's not just a, a conversation about it. You've got to like understand understand deep scientific principles to really work out what mm. is actually going on and i think that's why that's why this probably this the, the debate hasn't gone away 
And when yeah. and it's what's interesting to me is, is when you do because in the flat earth community, you do get a lot of guys who come out who do seem to be like talking the talk. They do understand scientific principles, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, in my heart, I don't. I don't know, so I'm not going to say it's flat and I'm not going to say it's round. Mm-hmm. But them sort of questions don't matter to me. I think there's a lot of bigger questions because what I'm trying to find is, is with that debate is I'm trying to find a medium ground and see what questions, what conclusions are they both sort of coming to? What are the sticking points? Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it keeps coming back to this in my mind and what keeps coming back to is that there is fundamentally there is something not quite right with the properties of the earth and the properties of space and what's going on that we're being told so you have like we we have one main sort of official body which is nasa and nasa gives us feeds the public all the information mm-hmm. but then you get like sort of a it doesn't even have to be a highly highly scientific guy but somebody who's just been in that field for a long time and he understands the certain properties of the universe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And NASA comes out, gives him a certain figure and says, this should be here. You should be able to see the horizon from this point. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do this. You should be, whatever, whatever scientific uh, principle it is. And you get a, a half sta- standard guy who knows what he's talking about. And he says, well, this doesn't quite add up. And then you get another guy who says, yeah, I agree. That doesn't quite add up. And I think that's what we're getting is, that's me, is what the, the bigger point and what I wanted to get into the beard is that all over the world, dog jumping on the couch <laughs> all over the world all over the world that there's um there's s- certain statements that are coming out by these official bodies yeah know, are just not adding up that's what i feel no you're completely right there is a lot of um there's a lot of it's hard to describe really because we don't know if what they're telling us is truth and what we don't know if, if what they're telling us is complete lie just for the fabrication of willing to generate more money from other government resources and other stuff like that. What we really need to know, though, is who can we... Tr- what we really <laughs> That's the dog shuddering there, everyone. Uh, what we really need to know, though, is who can we trust in this life? Is there anyone that's able to trust? I can trust this dog to get my tits like that. <laughs> but, um, Here's a question for you. Here's the first dog on the podcast. Is the earth flat or is it round? Barked once for yes, two, two for no. <laughs> she's got the right idea. Actually, she's still silent in all subjects. So for so, so people who is <laughs> so for people who has just listened to the podcast and can't see on the camera, the dog is now jumping all over us because I think the the dog knows that the earth's round. <laughs> the dog's actually a government informant. And is trying to tell Dan to be quiet. <laughs> it's thinking you stupid idiots. Don't please don't kiss me. <laughs> I've already got dog breath. <laughs> I don't want more. <laughs> no, what it is, man, um, is that right now, thankfully, we've got so much technology where we can actually see for ourselves and make our own opinions because we can see so many different sides. Before, we never had that. Before, we were really just, we had to believe what we were told. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, thankfully, a lot of people have exposed a lot of bullshit, mm-hmm. what's been happening in the world. Like, um, <clears throat> like the um, what happened in Cuba where they tried to, like, blow up um, a plane and pretend it was Cuba and stuff like that so they can go to war with Cuba. And it makes you think, like, what else haven't we been told? The fact that you can even do something like that once... (laughs) The dog's kissing down there. The fact that you can even do something like that once absolutely is terrifying. Yeah. 
here's something I want to I want to try and address with this conversation because I think the bigger picture of this to me obviously <laughs> the dog is crazy. Anyway, uh, what, what, let me try to thought. I was going to say the bigger the bigger picture for me is what I think is what a people a lot of people are trying to scratch the itch in the back of the mind. In my opinion, is that it might not be the sense of that. The bigger question might not be the, the sense: is the earth flat or is it round? I think it's people want to try and understand the bigger questions of like what is this that we're immersed in because we're born into this whatever this is now and there's not one person on this planet who there's certain people out there keyboard some certain certain keyboard warriors who will say that i know what this is i know what this is but not one person in this world knows what this thing is that we're immersed in and i think the bigger fundamental question what a lot of people are trying to get to is and quite rightly people are just trying to ask the question around what is going on what what is the thing that we're immersed in i mean Mm-hmm. There's so many like, there is so many theories out there to what this could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have like uh, obviously the simulation theory, which we've talked about. You've got the theory of panspermia, which we're going to talk about with Milton in the future. Um, we've got the theory of Darwin's theory. Uh, we've yeah. got the wait, flat Earth theory, <laughs> globe model theory. Um, what other theories have we got? Ancient alien theory. The list goes on. So many different theories out there. That's that's something else I want to ask you, right? Is because right now I think we've done over what 150 podcasts now, probably more, because mm-hmm. we don't really count our um, observing our thoughts. So basically, we've done over 150 interviews with some of the topest, greatest minds in the generations. Have we actually come to any more conclusions on what this could be? Well, for me, I mean, I think before we even start this podcast, I was exposing myself to many different theories. All the time I was expressed. I mean, one of them for me was ancient aliens. I was always exposing myself to that. Mm. But I think all through your life, I think that sometimes I keep thinking that's what the nature of our lives is, is to to seek and, and try and build up more and more knowledge, whether that's through experimentation, whether it's just through listening or whatever whatever it is. Mm. I think that's what our whole lives of our whole lives really is. But for me, I mean, like I said before, the the ancient alien theory a long time ago, I remember that one, was uh, Zachary Stitchin. All right, tell he, us about that one. So Zachary Stitchin, his theory basically believed that, <clears throat> he believed he called, he believed that the Anunnaki. Which is what? Yeah, uh, so it was like a race, an oh. alien race, what he called it. Called them the Anunnaki. He believed that they came down and seeded life on the planet. And I think his theory suggested that uh, an alien race sort of came to the planet and mated with humans and created more advanced beings. Mm-hmm. That's the theory. By him. People have to look into that because it's been a while since I've looked into his work. Oh, yeah. But there's some interesting stuff with him though because he basically, what he did is these uh, tablets in the in the past like mm-hmm. sort of look like something out of Transformers. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Transformers where they have like the tablets and yeah, yeah, yeah. with the information on like Egyptian sort of hieroglyphs and stuff. And these tablets were really advanced. They had like sort of, they depicted all the planets in all the correct formations, what we believe are in the places now. And he, his theories are really interesting. And there's also the theory of... The theory of uh, the Bible. Like the, yeah, the, the Bible. The mere theory. fact that God created yeah, all Yeah, was a creator. That, that there, there is a creator. That even the simulation theory states that there is a creator. The Big Bang theory states that the Big Bang was like the creator of this... Of this reality, and I look, and I was just thinking about the Big Bang um, today because I was really thinking about the idea that how the Big Bang is still happening as we speak. 
it's still expanding, expanding, expanding before it beco- becomes the big crush, which uh, Stephen Hawking referred to it in his in his book, um, A Brief History of Time. He calls it the big crush, where the Big Bang explodes, expands, expands, goes to a certain point, which it has to, then it comes back in, which is automatically called the big crush, and then eventually expands again. And I love that idea, that model from uh, Stephen Hawking. And Stephen Hawking says that there's no God. He said he said that there's no God. Which it's, is, it's funny because you know if you in the Bible, if you change all the words to uh, to, to the Creator, I think it's either you change it to Creator, the simulation. Somebody did it online. It's really freaky, really freaky. Is it really? If you change the word from God, I think it's either the Creator or simulation. Oh wow! It's a simulation. It's really. Uh, I was going to say like, a lot of people would think view God as a Creator, so it's probably simulation or something. Really, really freaky. And then there's also as well the. The theory of panspermia. I think that's quite interesting. That's mm. an interesting theory where people believe that uh, life on the planet was uh, sort of came from asteroids. So asteroids came to the planet, mm-hmm. and we know that scientific knowledge now knows that if an asteroid comes to the planet, asteroid can sort of hold um, can hold certain bacteria, like the formations of life, like uh, amino acids, uh, mm-hmm. DNA, and things like that, and can actually. S- See if an asteroid hit the planet, it could seed life on the planet. That's a an interesting theory. That yeah, I mean, <coughs> the fascinating thing is that we're actually getting loads more information. <laughs> well, just to add, add to that as well is actually supposedly as well there was a lot. I've seen a documentary uh, a few months ago that the theory is a theory that uh, is it the correct name is it? People call it octopus, but the correct name is, oct- is octopi. Yeah, octopi is the, uh, I think it's a part of the family yeah. of octopuses. Octopus, octopi, whatever you want to call it. But there's a theory that they believe that they basically, they came from the form of panspermia. Oh, wow. That some form of bacteria came from outer space. and, and Yeah, I'm sure I read somewhere before formed, that aliens uh, had, uh, sorry, octopuses have octopus. alien DNA. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. <coughs> I mean, have you seen some of the formations of what they can do to themselves? No, no. Have you not heard about the new the new theory about uh, octopus? There's an octopus, a jellyfish that they believe that they they can actually they never die. They actually just get they get to a certain point of the oh, lifespan. Jellyfish, jellyfish, jellyfish is it? Yeah. So it's jellyfish. So jellyfish get to the certain lifespan that they're going to die, and then all the cells just regenerate and they yeah. go back to again to not. I heard scientists. Again. I heard scientists trying to work on on that for for human purposes, for human immortality. Yeah, so they can keep uh, keep them all living for such a long period of time but um the octopuses yeah that's, a, that's an interesting idea that how this stuff like with alien dna i mean we all caught on sorry we're constantly hearing about like animals which have more of it like an intelligent impact than uh, us humans i mean the senses of a dog um their nose can sense up like 300 million different smells she knows if there's something like 40 feet below us i mean we don't have these instincts animals do have these instincts and this is the adaptation of life. I mean, we've, they've all adapted to this certain point in time, including us humans, and we've got had to use our specific set of skills. But right now, it makes us come to the question, I mean, are we going to be devolving? I mean, is is Heidi here? Is she going to be devolving? Is her future genes going to, like... In, is it, to say it takes 50,000 years to, like, re-evolve, change the evolution... So in fifty thousand years, because she's been domesticated for so long, is she going to lose her sense of like her amazing three hundred million sense sense of smell because yeah. she'll not need it no more? Well, she, wait, 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 are we going to lose our our um, our um, 
because one of the um, evolutionary traits that we have is that when we have fallen, we grasp our hands. So that's what the state like, but like monkeys, because we're uh, grasping branches when we're fallen. Are we at that point? Are we going to be losing fifty thousand years when we fall and we just fall? We don't like grab on or anything. Are, there's so much more. Like, what are we going to gain and or well, lose in fifty thousand years? Well, this fe- this theory is now that we are we are are de evolving now. I mean, even if you think about go back to the last podcast we talked about a previous po- a podcast that we've got coming up with Tom Campbell. I spoke about this, and also as well Andrew Collins was spoke about this. Yeah, but there's a lot of theories around how ancient cultures in the past were had the ability to see different had a different lens of reality than we did mm-hmm. now so they could see a different lens of reality and there's theories that our not only our our on a biological level like our ability to be stronger or faster or whatever it is and certain different on a biological level certain things change we become more domesticated but not only that our lens of reality has sort of de-evolved so like previous cultures in the past might be able to see sort of a different world in a different reality than we, we as modern day humans perceive now whoa so that's 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 fascinating shit by the way that's terrifying shit as well though i mean look how quickly we've evolved i mean we came from a time where <laughs> <laughs> we came from a time where people couldn't read people couldn't write we we've um we we conquered like language we conquered barriers in the mind We've con- we've started to really put out there like the true essence. <laughs> That's their uh, domestication for you. Yeah, it is. Dom- dogs <laughs> domesticating. <laughs> if everyone can't uh, hear that, but I'm sure you can. That's the dog sneezing. <laughs> I think it's allergic to Dan. <laughs> it's allergic to humans. You know, um, this is what I'm saying right right now. The amount of knowledge that we have. I mean, the internet, man. What is that going to be like for us in fifty thousand years time, one thousand years time? I know it's crazy, man. Are we going? We must get to a point where we can create some form of simulation on a global scale. I was actually thinking this idea: if someone was creating a simulation right now, the vastness of every single detail, right, in the human body, the vastness in detail from everything from this carpet, from everything to what you're wearing, like each minuscule bit of fluff that's coming on. These can't be something that someone's created. The co- someone can't have put this this much detail, like so, so they can analyze that compared to like the magnitude of the sun, each and every single aspect of the sun or the entirety of the universe. This has to be one of the. It, this is where I, I, I fumble with my words because yeah. I'm trying to pinpoint exactly what it could be. So you're saying. So you're saying because because here's a, this is a this is a uh, this is a good talking point. This. <laughs> so you're saying because that chair what we're standing on solid right now that that can't be can't be sort of a simulation it can't be created no it's that's not what i'm saying it the what i'm trying to say is the detail the exact detail which goes in each and every single part of this couch is so fine-tuned it's so unique it's so incredibly perfect that i don't think it was created like through a simulation because it's so good. So it's so good. It's so it's everything's perfect. So I mean, so all the details on your bed. Someone created that. So you just said before that technology is going to keep getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And I think this, what it comes to, especially with the simulation theory, because in my opinion, I think the simulation theory is actually one of the most plausible ones for me. This is the one I'm leaning to. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to say on it is, you just said before, technology is getting better and better. 
Mm-hmm. So we're living in a world now where we've been through a period of the last, say, the last twenty odd years where we ha- haven't had video games, and mm-hmm. we have had video games. So in that short amount of span, your perception of reality and perception of what technology could become mm-hmm. has vastly changed. So even just looking in that twenty-year period of how video games have exponentially grown, we both know now that in the future, what's going to come. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that we are going to create a simulation that has that detail that you've just explained right now, and you're going to be you're going to you're going to plug yourself into a simulation of whether whether it's even in the future it has to be even a VR machine, whether it's physically something you have to put in, whether it's just your consciousness gets transferred over. I know that's out there, and it's probably still a long way away. Mm. But there's going to be there's going to be generations in the future there that's going to be able to plug themselves into something that's very similar to what we're in now. And I know it. All the top physicists around the world have talked about it. Mm. And I don't think, and I'm at a point now where I don't think that deeply you've explained that's so hard to do. I don't think it's actually, it will be hard in the past. I think it'll just be seen as something that just is. Really? I really do. See, that's what's beautiful about it, man. Because it really, like you said, it could be a simulation. It really could be. But to create something like this, how far ahead in time how far advanced do you have to be? How what computers can run something like this? But that's the bigger question is and that so let, let, let me continue. Yeah. Let me because I've I get excited. I went on another thought. I get excited. I went on another <laughs> thought as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh what's people what's what people is seeing is the greatest computer is the mind. So maybe there's no computer at all. Maybe this is just somebody's mind created this whole simulation that's what i was going to say it gets to the bigger question of is i don't even think it's the mind i think it's consciousness so consciousness itself i think consciousness itself has created this what we're in now for its mm-hmm. own evolution and there's a lot of theorists who believe that tom campbell believe it there was there's a i think there's a german theorist called Koch. i think he's called who believes it but there's a lot of theories that because there's, there's a lot of people talking about the simulation theory, but people aren't asking the bigger question of who is the programmer, what is the programmer. And the best thing that I've heard is that consciousness has created a realm for its own evolution. So like everything that is going on within Whoa, this realm that's a is just for your own evolution. So so that Who said that one, by the way? Tom Campbell. Oh, that was Tom Campbell? <coughs> yeah. Oh. Hey. To- Tom Campbell, uh, yeah, the former uh, NASA physicist. He Whoa. Calm down, doggy. We know you're in a simulation, but calm down. She's like, she's you're getting to the truth. <laughs> what was I saying before I lose my trail of thought there? You're saying Tom Campbell's on idea in the simulation. <laughs> Two seconds, people. Sorry. <laughs> calm the dog down. Two seconds. <laughs> this is what happens on a podcast. You have to calm a dog down. <laughs> Not a real dog. A simulation dog. <laughs> in AI dog <laughs> yeah definitely what, so that's what I was saying so so the simulation itself is being created by consciousness for your own evolution so like you look at our day to day lives now if we, you had to create a realm where you could learn exponentially fast you would create a realm where you're in now where you sort of you don't know you're in a simulation you you sort of you've got challenges you got you're asking all these questions you're doing a podcast now you can do everything you can do everything else where you can walk around outside with all these little meat suits and you're strapped into whatever this is with like nine billion other people oh, nine no. of a nine billion other people don't know what this is 
not only nine billion people, you've got nine billion dogs who <laughs> 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 don't definitely don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I envy that, you know. I envy the the um the blindness and the naivety of something like a dog because all it sees is just the simplistic aspect of life. Something uh, I remember seeing a picture before on Facebook, right? The Facebook, <laughs> the home of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and it was um, it was a dog, and it was a um, it was a man, and they were both just sitting at a park bench, and it was showing you like the thought bubbles, and all it was was the dog looking at the sunset, right? And it was showing you the man looking at his phone and looking at his like all these different thoughts in the mind was just phone wife money house of different objects and the simplistic value the simplistic beauty of the dog is that it's living in the present moment in which every spiritualist you on about like all these physicists what they think it is i love looking at the spiritual aspect of life where it's all these gurus spiritual analysts all these these really smart Bud- buddhist teachers and they're all expressing the beauty of the present moment. People meditate for years just to see something so simplistic like the moment, a momentary beauty which a dog has. The dog sees everything everything momentarily, whereas we don't. We're cursed with this idea of futuristic and the, the past form of of thoughts. Dogs don't have that. They live in the moment. They have this beautiful idea of the present who would you rather be, though, a dog or a human? I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I really want to be that dog, you know. She doesn't do it Because I know who I'd rather be. Oh, I'd, be, I'd <laughs> rather be the human, definitely. But it's interesting the aspect of, like, why people meditate and stuff like that to get in the present moment and that. And then you look at someone like a dog who's completely in the Just present moment. Just always in the present moment, always yeah. there. But it, it is funny, though, because I've thought about that thought process. There is levels to... It's I call it levels to known. So, like, the stages to, the stages to known... And, and I'm not saying that like any stage is better than the others, but like there's a certain stage when you, when you, I would call a lot of people this stage of unknown, where you just yeah. sort of blase, you're going around living your life, you're not questioning your reality, you're not really sort of even questioning how to just change your life in certain aspects, just going along with the mundane of the way society set up, uh-huh. and then that's like a level of the unknown. But then there's like the level of like sort of known where you start educating yourself, start training your body, start asking questions. But it seems to be the higher the level that goes, it's meant to get easier, but it actually gets a lot harder. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, med- do you think, uh, do you meditate much, Dan? Do you? I mean, it depends how, you, I mean, because I don't, I define meditation very different to a lot of people. I mean, because a lot of people argue that, say, you're training, you're in a state of flow, the state of flow is where your mind's focusing on one thing, you're in a form of meditation. Do you believe that? Like, I believe that. I believe that's a form of meditation. When you, I do, I definitely. Yeah, and I think I there's do. many forms to meditation. Mm-hmm. I think you could be. I think you could be just cooking food, and I think that's a form of meditation sometimes. Yeah. Um, so again, it feels like it comes back to the present moment. Feels like it's come back to the present moment. It does. Uh, and this is one thing that I really think on. Like a lot of people, when they, all these analysts of the future, sort of stuff like um, what the top physicists say about what's happened in the past, what's happened in the future. Do you think they're void of like? the beauty of this reality what's going on now or do you just think they change the what their viewpoints so or they see it in their own type of beauty i'm at a point now where i don't know i mean mm. uh because there is there is aspects to me where i keep thinking like like say if i'm doing your medit- i'm doing my meditation and stuff like that and and you get them moments of like pure bliss where it's just 
I, mean, I know a lot of people call it the they call it no mind, mm-hmm. where you're not really analysing what's going on in your life. You're not sort of questioning what's going on in the future. Is artificial intelligence going to kill us all? Yeah, are yeah. we going to all become sort of? Are we in a simulation? But there, but there's just something deep within me that I think a place of no mind may be born. Place and of no mind. No mind may be born. What I think. You, I think mean, we. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. What do you mean? Sorry. No so mind. what I mean by that is the. Uh, so you're you're referring like being in the moment all the time. Mm. I think we. I think you've got to question everything in your life. I don't because th- for me personally, I don't think. I sometimes think it is. I think I sometimes think the, point of life is to just, be in the moment constantly all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something, to, us as humans having the ability. To question, the future and question the past. And there's something that that does that provides us something. But I'm not sure what that provides us yet because I'm still seeking that answer myself. But I just feel in my heart that there's something that them questions do provide you. I think the mere, the mere fact that... Does that make that, sense? Yeah, yeah, it does actually. I think the mere fact that we've actually been able to use our thought process to think in the future and to think in the past means we'll learn from our mistakes and we can... Um, we can create the future as we see fit and we've created an incredible future based on the premise that we can look into the future and we can analyze say the dots together and create something unique and this is what we've done we've created no matter what this is it's beautiful and that's and that's a marvel of like like everything we see in this room like from the mics you're holding like some creator in the unknown has never just created these and plant them from us. This has come from human intuition. Hopefully. Human, human imagination. You hope. I hope so, but like, <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's not like robots creating all these robotic things for us so they can make us take over the world quicker. Terminator 2 style. It gets back to the thing that I uh, was saying before about <clears throat> the simulation theory because I wanted to, I wanted to touch a bit more on that. And one of my theories is that, uh, what I do think is that and this is a this is a theory that I've I've been trying to play with for a while, and it's a point that I'm at now. And I know this is going to ch- this is going to change. Of course, it's going to change. Mm. But the point that I'm at now is that I do think very. I do have very th- in my mind. I do think that this could be a simulation. But I think I don't just think it's a simulation. I think it's multiple things, multiple things going on within a simulation. So I think we have um, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, definitely. I think we will have natural evolution built within the simulation so the rule set of the simulation also states that like has all these has all these um manufactured theories in the game as well so like um how can i explain this it's very hard it's on about like religion so religion is just a part of the simulation how we've created our own sorry we've gained imagination um, so the simulation itself has created multiple scenarios whether it's just a, a, free will and stuff like that no not free I'm not talking about free will I'm talking about the sense of like within a simulation there is multiple things going on so people so f- certain people will research into uh, the say Darwin's theory of evolution where we came from monkeys came from apes mm-hmm. and people will find that they will find truths in that but however that's embedded within something bigger Mm-hmm. Like that Darwin's theory is embedded within a simulation. That's like, um, that, does that make sense? Yeah, Do you understand yeah. what I mean? I so I think, there, and that's why there could be. That's what I'm thinking is that there is theories within the simulation. 
There's theories inside the inside the simulation, inside more theories inside someone's mm. head. <laughs> I was going to see you again. I was going to see. Oh, I was going to see it because what I was saying before about consciousness, that I believe that the bigger question is is of the simulation of this reality, whatever this is. Because I do think that this is of consciousness. And we we knew questions this loads of times. Yeah. Of like, is this whole room just sort of a projection of something that me and you are creating, or one of us is creating, or Maybe even just one person listening to this podcast now is creating this whole scenario for themselves. We oh, have wow. questioned that. Yeah, yeah. Times. We, uh, I like the idea of colours. Is your is the colours that you see different than what I see? Wait, we, we, you know, you know it's not because look at that dress. the The dress that was mm-hmm. went viral on the internet, the purple, gold, exactly, violet, exactly, silver, yeah. yellow dress that many people seen in different colours. I mean, we would both agree that a zebra will be black and white, don't we? Mm-hmm. But, but that shade of black and that shade of white might be completely not different. Not just the shade, the complete colour. That could be orange. What, you, what I would say is orange. You could class that as black. Do you want a really crazy thought that I observed and I thought I had the other day? I had an observed me thought the other day is that, so we, me and you both live our day-to-day lives as just the way it is. This is the way it is. You're in this room now. Mm-hmm. But on a to to 100% completely, you can't, we can't. I mean, we could go around this whole room now. I mean, and maybe that maybe that changes the the outcome as well. We could go around this whole room now and see. There's a pillar there. There's a some water there. We could go around this whole room, and you would also see that object. Mm-hmm. But in your general day to day life, of your general ob- objectivity, when you're looking at certain items, and and you see if you're driving in your car, or you even even certain people as well. Mm. I cannot never state to you that. You're seeing seeing the complete same thing as I'm seeing. You could be seeing sort of a certain object that I don't see. Oh, Have you wow. ever thought about that? Because nah, I've questioned that. I questioned that the other day, and I was trying. I know that's crazy and out there, but it's a good thought pro- process. Are you just on about ge- ob- general objects, or are you on about something more spiritual, like a ghost or ghost or something like that? I mean, that's deeper. I don't mean. I don't. It don't, doesn't have to go that far. I don't mean going that far. You just, just mean, mean like generalized objects. Generalized objects. Like, whereas I might see a car coming and you might not. Because here's something, right? This I've read two books on this. There's a guy called Ian McGilchrist, who, who we're going to get on the podcast in the future, and he talks about the right and left hemisphere thing in the, of the brain, how mm-hmm. the brain, com, com, how, what's the word? Compartmentalize. I can't see it. See, if you have certain things that come in your mind, your brain will separate certain things. Compartmentalize. I can't see it. I think I, I, yeah, I know what you're on about. Like, um, see, if you had two boxes in a room and you had to sort of, your brain would put certain things in one box and your brain would put certain things in the other box. It would discard certain things and it would keep certain things. Yeah, yeah. He talks about how the right and left hemisphere of thinking is that the brain, when you witness things with your lens of reality, your brain will take in certain information, which we know it does. It discards information sometimes to protect you. Sometimes just all your conditioning protects you from certain things and it'll discard certain information. So I'm seeing on a sense of like looking at objects, there's certain visual things that we see, our mind actually discards it and doesn't see it because we already know that mm. beliefs can do that. Like your beliefs, you can yeah, yeah. you can have, you can not see something that I can I see. I can discard information based on my belief. Of course. Uh-huh. I mean, what what else can we not see? There's there's many there's many different things that we can we can not see. Um, I, could not, I mean, it slipped my mind at the minute, but you get me just what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's just I want. Uh, what is your mind? Comp- what is your mind? Sort of filtering out your head that it's not filtering out mine, and vice versa, and everyone else. Oh, that's the question. 
I don't think it's I, and that's where we're going to get to next. I don't think it's a physical point. I think it's um, I think it's more psychological. Like I think your viewpoint on the world obviously will be a lot different than mine. See, me and you are both working out. You've got more of a um, an understanding of how your body works because of yoga. Where so you'll understand a bit more the dynamics of the movement. So your experience will be different than mine. We're both doing the exact same thing, but you're completely viewing it and um, and having a different emotional connection to it than I am, mm-hmm. which completely, even though we're both doing the exact same thing, completely changes everything what me and you are both doing at that point in time. So but um, on a practical level, if you're talking about like objects and stuff like that, it's hard me, to me and you would have question to, me and you would have to go through every single thing in here and and go can you see this but what, can you see this but, but can you see this can you see this can you see this i know this? that i know that <laughs> that's it's, what i have to do it's like it goes to this this it's sort of the question of like if a tree falls in the woods and you're not there to see it does it really fall down that's no, what it makes sound that does make sound sorry yeah mm-hmm. that's what it goes to but i mean even if like even if me I mean you went through all the objects in this room now isn't there could be something that like this is going out there and deep but there could be something to that where you put your sort of conscious thought on it and you bring my conscious awareness to it like together it actually creates that object that's it yeah wow and that's that obviously could stop it but it gets it gets to the bigger picture though i mean we mean you had this conversation a a couple of weeks ago i think it was we i think we just did a podcast in here and then we were talking about how the ability of like are you really there am i really there like am I just a are you just a projection of my own consciousness? Because I sometimes this this loads of days in my life where I just think like because it gets to the, what I was saying before about the simulation theory that the bigger point of the simulation is consciousness itself has created this realm for its own discovery. Mm-hmm. So we already know if that's the case and that's true and that's just a theory <clears throat> that consciousness is powerful enough to create this realm and consciousness is powerful enough to create its own simulation and create all these objects that we're looking at on a physical level. Is yeah. it powerful enough to create you? in other conscious beings in my unconscious reality because the question i keep getting i keep asking you is is do you do we mean you both have our own singular consciousness or are we just part of the same thing have you a part seen, of this one consciousness have you ever seen the film fight club that was brilliant i know what you're going to see yeah i have seen it. it's a great film the um the creation describe it for people who doesn't know yeah well well one man gets completely sick of his own existence really so he decides to fabricate an imaginary character in his own mind who he personally believe he purposely believes is real he feels him physically mentally and he completely has this imaginary character change his life in the whole aspect of this character is an actual person but it's all from his own mind and that's kind of what I was feeling from you. So his consciousness has created an own person. His consciousness has created this own individual, so unique, so profound, in the exact image what he's seen. Mm-hmm. And that's what's similar, very similar to what you are going on about right now. I mean, have you created? But you're going on a, on a grand scale of where you're talking is every single person who you've ever met, all a figment of your imagination. Yeah. Could your is your brilliant powerful enough to do that and i think it is i do as well i do 
that's that's a really good insight. That. I think we don't. I think we underestimate imagination. I really do. I think as a society, we underestimated. Mm. Like we all know that kids, kids, how vast is kids' imaginations? Until until a kid becomes a certain age, the conditioning gets put on top, and their imagination does the dis- diminish. Mm-hmm. But who says there isn't something bigger behind that imagination in creating us right now? Yeah, I know, man. That's what's scary about it. I mean, the imagination of a child. And to be honest, I don't think the imagination of a child ever ever dies. I think we've always had that curiosity. I think we'll always will have that curiosity. But what we do, what we don't have really though, is we we get indoctrinated into the system, and the system limits our imagination. It limits our creative thoughts. It limits our it's our understanding of like what imagination plays. What I really want to know, though, and I really, really want to know, is why this dog keeps getting in my way. Now, um, what I really want to know is how powerful is this brain? Is it is it on the level of what Lucy can offer? Is it what Lucy the film? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, how is it actually at the point where, if we really tapped into completely what the brain is capable of? Are you willing? Uh, could you completely change the whole like exist human existence? And then what? And then the, I think the question comes as well: if you can do that, then then what does that do? What does that provide? Mm-hmm. Because like, it gets to the point of we've talked about this before. Like, what is see see if like if you do if you do like imagine if somebody like does just this is like obviously a, sort of a, a big sort of big theory that like somebody can like sort of tap into the universal one like the film left if anyone hasn't seen the film lucy definitely watch it out mm-hmm. but she basically sort of expands her own sort of level of capability and her level of intelligence vastly more than anyone else has ever seen before in the population and she can sort of control the whole fabric of reality country and the film yeah yeah completely and imagine if like one person in reality gets to a point where they can they can control the whole fabric of reality or they find out they are the one who's creating the whole thing and they then they do stuff from that position, they do do that. That's why I disagree. What happens though? I, I don't see us all as separate entities. Do you think we're all, all the we're one? all one. And and if we get on the same frequency, the same wavelength, then I think we can access that Lucy-type ability. And that's out there. Like That's that's definitely out there. If, but I would guess what I was saying before, if, imagine if even if we all get to that sense where we can all tap into this greater knowledge whatever you want to call it like mm. some people there uh, even Lazanzo calls it the greater knowledge field he calls it the Akashic records like loads of people talk about it whereas like this informational field all around us now that we can access all memories all future events all past events mm-hmm. but then it gets to the point of like what is the point of that because right <laughs> that's a good <laughs> this point is the, this is the thought right that I've had if you're imagine if you're a person now who has all knowledge like you're all known and you have you understand everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be that good. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> you mean you lose the sense of wonder? Not only, I think you lose the sense of, yeah, the sense of wonder. And I think sometimes, sometimes, in a, maybe imagination, you lose because you've 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 got it all. You've got all you've had. You've seen. You've experienced. You know what everything is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know the outcomes of everything. I think it gets to the bigger picture That's of like point, consciousness. Though. And that's why I think consciousness created whatever this is, whether it's a simulation, it's a holographic. I mean, even like ancient traditions in the past called, they called it the the illusion, the illusion they called it. They called it illusion of the mind, I think. Like 
philosophers of the past. Did they call reality illusion? Illusion. Illusion. They all called it illusion. So it's very similar, like a simulation is very similar to like a holographic world. But like, I keep thinking that consciousness creates whatever this is. See if consciousness creates all this now for its own evolution. And then we get to a point now where we're evolving our thoughts, we're evolving our perceptions of whatever this is. We keep getting attaining more and more knowledge all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we do get to a point where we know it all and consciousness knows it all. Maybe then consciousness itself hits the reset on itself to play the game again. Holy because God. the whole aspect of life isn't the end point. It's, it's the game. It's the game itself in between. God. That's what sometimes I think. And that's out there and crazy. That is out there and crazy, man. <laughs> how do you follow that? How do you, <laughs> what do you? How do you go about to start talking about like human civilization? These, this is you? what happens when observing our thoughts. Oh yeah, we get out there. It's funny though sometimes though, because we do. I'm still trying to comprehend that thought. We do know. though, like we do. It's it's it's. I mean, it's good to think of these. It is good to ask these questions because. I think these bigger questions of consciousness can help you own, in your own life. Sometimes to make you realise that, mm. that yes, it's good asking the questions, but ask yourself the question, if you do have ultimate knowing, what does that do for yourself? Is it good? Is it better? Maybe it, it's good to enjoy the in-between of, of the unknown. That's what I sometimes think. Yeah. There's something in the unknown. What I'm trying to say is there's something in the unknown. I mean, there's something in because we wouldn't be here now if we didn't have the unknown would we really be here would it be no. would, would these questions be boring if you had ultimate known yeah I mean that's why there's some people, excitement in it there's something in it travel they don't travel just for the sake of like wanting to experience a new culture they travel because it's unknown because it's something out the realms of like what they're used to mm-hmm. it's, it's a new existence it's, it's something that they need to test the boundaries is it actually possible and this is what's beautiful. I mean, you can see so many pictures of amazing things around the world. See people living in minus 40 degree temperatures in Russia where the eyelids are completely iced together to somebody doing some incredible feat where they're like like a mini golf and a, um, a putt off a, an helicopter into a, boat, into a hole. Yeah. And I'm absolutely... I see all this. And... It, it it ignites the human curiosity in us. It ignites the wonder. It ignites the imagination. It makes you think, is this possible for me? Should I do that? Could I do this? And that's what's beautiful about it. I mean, it, it makes you want to explore. And it all comes from that sense of wonder. If you knew you could already do it, if you already knew all the answers to the questions in the world, what what's left to do? Does does here's a question, right? Just, trying to, I'm going to really try and formulate this. I might butcher it, but the question I want, I was just asking myself, my head there. Does knowing, does knowing lead to more? What's the word I'm looking for? Does knowledge in knowing lead to a better perception? And what I mean by that is, is right. So that we that's look, a good point, by the way. Right? I understand Does knowing and knowledge lead to more perception? And what I mean by that is that, so if we look back, right, it, in the planet now, and just use the example of natural evolution, and you, we look at like, because people, people like to think that we've got all the answers now. Mm. We've got a lot of knowledge, but in comparison to, cavemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, at least we think we and do, we, and we probably at least we think we do. <laughs> but just using that example of like natural evolution, right? But 
a being with higher intelligence has, in comparison to us, has greater knowledge than us. So what does, does, does like more knowledge and more understanding create that high perception? Because like, if we look at all our sort of, our closest people on the planet, we have like, our closest sort of um, like other animals and other creatures on the planet, sorry. And we look at a dog, obviously dogs are aware of us. But like some people argue that ants aren't really aware of us. And like other creatures aren't really aware of us. They Do don't have that not? known. So some people say they don't. There is definitely there's, there's definitely some evidence to suggest, but I'm just using it as an example, that they're not really fully aware of us. They don't know our tendencies. They don't uh-huh. know who we are. They don't know that you're sort of Chris Hopper living your life and don't know I'm Dan Harrison living my life. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But they can't see that. What can we not see? Does that make sense? What can we not see on a higher sense of, of us? Because there's got to be something higher out there than us. Whether that's in a parallel reality or... There's, there's something, something um, on a physical... Or what, even just in this physical reality now? With our... With our, with, with our not knowing that we can't even imagine in our mind we don't even know what that not knowing is what can we not see <laughs> yeah, well we're blind really man um, to be honest because we can't see in infrared I don't know where these questions are coming from like, I, I don't, don't know Jesus man, like, Christ I, I, we can't see in like infrared we can't. We are limited to well, five senses we can't see an x-ray we can't see we can't slow down time we can't we're, so, we're completely limited and when you keep mentioning all the things that we can't do you can easily get lost in the things like what you can do. What, I mean, what sorry, what you can't do, and you forget what you can do. Yeah. But what we can do is we can analyze in our own head the different forms of reality, what could be. And that's what nobody else could to do. Like the dog, you mentioned the dog, I've mentioned the dog. And uh, it, it knows you're here. But what does it know that you don't know? What does that know? What does this dog know in this? Like I said, I mentioned before, the dog knows that there's something forty, believe, forty feet below us. It can analyze sounds, which um, which we can't hear. It um, its sense of smells, um, ten times stronger than ours. This is that saying like because this dog has got in uh, more traits, more powerful than us humans, is the dog's sense of reality stronger than us humans and that's a good question just be, is because her sense of reality is it will she know a lot more than us because she can see more is she more aware and she, to be honest I, I don't even know where I'm going with this here's something that I was going to say imagine right if that dog right now we're just in the imagination of that dog so we like that dog's just lying there now <laughs> flat out not even bothered imagine if we're in the mind of that dog Whoa. I had a dream once, right? This was a crazy dream where I had this dream. It was, wasn't was a lucid dream, but it was like sort of a very vivid dream mm-hmm. where I had this dream where I seen this like sort of this big human body. Right. This human body was like sort of floating around in sort of the universe. And uh, with inside, like the, the, the sort of this, it wasn't really sort of, it was a human, but it was sort of like on a level of sort of, like sort of a cosmic, like the the human himself was sort of made out of cosmic dust. Like the whole deity of the human was there, but it wasn't really like sort of, it didn't have skin like us. It was more like just an energy form sort of thing. But you could see the outline that it was like sort of in the in the projection of me and you, like of a human being. Yeah. 
but within their brain, in their brain cell, was like sort of a, a, a little blue planet going all the way through. And the planet wasn't flat, it was round. <laughs> but the blue planet was the blue planet was just sort of going through the veins of the of the brain all the way down the body, like swirling around all the way down. So it went from the brain, like through the body, through the arteries of the heart, all the way down and out the out, all the way out the shithole. <laughs> what do you think that represents? What do you think a dream like that represents? Could represent that the earth's going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what, nah, I didn't really go to it really at all the, the point of perspective that I seen though it only went to the brain. I yeah. mean, what could that represent in a dream? I do I mean, I've been trying to re- research a lot in the dreams lately because I think they're really fascinating. Like I've mm-hmm. uh, got a book by uh, I think it was Carl Jung. I think wrote the book called Dream Interpretations. It's a long book as well and audible. It's like twenty four hours long or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. But he broke it down that he he believed that dreams would were all dreams were just like yeah. Uh, was your conscious mind creating scenarios within your dreams for you to learn something, like deeper aspects of your psyche that need to be uncovered? Yeah, what do you believe? Agree but what could, what what could that dream? What could a a brain in a dream? I mean, what what do you make of that? A brain swirling through a sort of a cosmic, <laughs> a cosmic human. <laughs> oh man, I think you should stop doing the weed before bed. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, too much yoga before that's, bed. That's what it is. There's too much there to analyze, man. I think. Did you write? Do you write your dreams down? I do quite a I, bit. I, I write. Sometimes dr- I do. Sometimes I don't. I I write a lot of uh, my dreams down now, especially the the ones vivid and standoffish. Fortunately, I'm a lot of a call at the minute, so, and so that enheightens me. Um, dreams to be more ridiculous, but um, when you truly analyze them, your dreams do play a huge part in the reflection of what you see currently, or what's playing on your mind. So. Obviously, the cosmic element of it shows that there's something maybe you're not addressing within yourself. Or maybe someone... I don't know. It's a really hard one to analyse, that one, to be honest. What Have you had any crazy dreams lately? Because my, my, my dreams lately have been... I think been, I've got one written down on my phone. My, my dreams lately have been... Uh, I haven't for, for a while, I haven't had a lucid dream. But I've had very, very vivid dreams. I went, I went lucid the other day. Like I- like last night, like last night and quite a few nights, you know, I'm having like so sometimes I'm I can't fully remember them, but I'm witnessing that I'm having at least three or four dreams a night, individual w- dreams. I've got it written down somewhere. Yeah, I'm phone. It's here. crazy though. Sometimes before you go into that, I just want to say something on it quickly. Yeah. It's crazy how I mean that's another thing. Like life itself, like what is a dream? Because when you there's some some dreams that I've had in the night time where. They're not. They're no different to 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 this now. Like what you, you were, were seeing the example before of that. This chair right now is solid. Mm-hmm. That's solid. I have the same aspect in dreams, where objects are solid. There's a lot of people talk about lucid dreams about how lucid dreams, like you talk about this, how in certain lucid dreams, like you can change certain objects and you change certain things and you can m- maneuver the like the fabric of reality. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had a lucid dream where I can change anything. The only thing, the only one thing that I've changed in a lucid dream was where I did the Robert Wagner technique and I said, could all dream figures now disappear? And half of the dream figures disappeared and, and there was about three or four left people left standing. Uh-huh. For me, in the even the lucid dream or vivid dreams, I don't really change m- much fabric of my reality. When I was it, seems solid, as, it seems as solid as, as this. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the dreams I have are solid. I mean, I've um, I dreamt before I was getting crushed before. That was a, um, That was a big one. 
and you actually feel the weight on the rocks on you and you feel the suffocation from it they, they, them rocks definitely didn't feel like just fiberglass they felt like something completely strong some like weird but this is what the brain does yeah it, the brain gives you your limitations on what you have and what you have if you just like it is in the real world if i limit myself say oh, i can't lift that i'm I'm not lifting it but then if i go if i go yeah and lift that and then i do lift that that's my brain portraying the reality right now in the, in the present moment does it make you question though sometimes when see if you do have a vivid dream that if you have a vivid dream and you and it's like you you create the same reality like you create now you create all the same things you create mm-hmm. a room you create a world and when you're asleep did you not think in your head that like, that look i'm i'm supposedly asleep my body's me have a human avatar my biological body is resting mm-hmm. i'm supposedly meant to be sort of unconscious to a sense but it seems to be that my mind's creating something that it also could be the same scenario right here right now yeah like your brain could be doing the same thing i mean i well, something what i can tell you is like when i went lucid the other day and immediately i start gaining like little flashes of like what charlie Morley's book um dreams of awakening keeps coming to my head so, sorry so when i'm in the um when i'm in the dream i immediately start like portraying sort of trace like meditating because meditating in the dream state is gives you a, a completely uh, profound a profound different ways of viewpoint i mean it's it's funny like because you can dream about constantly anything i mean ridiculously the other week i had a dream that i was um going out with holly willoughby <laughs> it's just like random dreams like that so uh, english tv presenter she is yeah english tv presenter and it's just a fabrication of like what goes on in the mind it's just it's ridiculous you don't understand dreams and that's the beauty of them i don't think you meant to i don't know i think i mean call obviously i think she was carl jung it was either carl jung or sigmund freud one of them but they were a psychologist on dreams and they believe they both believed one of them believed i can't remember who it was i'll have to look that up but one of them guys believed that that dreams were were something very important. I mean, like even shamans of the past and ancient cultures of the past, they all believed that that dreams were a projection of your your unconscious mind. So that things that you can't work through in your day to day life now are for you to be worked through in the dream realm. And I, I've had scenarios. I'm not going to go into them again. I've said them on other podcasts. Yeah. But I know I've had dreams where they have tested us on certain things and certain aspects that I'm struggling with, mm-hmm. like internally in this reality. It's tested us. Whatever, whatever that is it's testers whether it's been like sort of certain things that I want to do whatever it is it's, it's tested us but like there is still a part of us that thinks that because I've had other dreams that I just comp- can't comprehend mm-hmm. and I think like there's a part of it where it is the dream itself is trying to teach us something I know it I feel it but then there's other times where it's like I don't know what it is. It's unexplainable. It seems to be like another world. It just seems to be very much like this. Maybe it's just something. Maybe it's just something to enjoy. Maybe it's just something um, a part of the mind which <laughs> puts on a DVD player and says, "Hey, enjoy this." It's crazy. I had a dream. Right, we do that ninety percent of the time in in a waking reality. So why not in a dream? No, I had a dream where I, where I walk where I woke woke up. <laughs> well, I sort of became, became, yeah, became aware. I woke up in the dream. <laughs> I became I came lucid in the dream, and I was literally sitting in front of. It felt like Mexico or something. It was weird. Oh. And uh, there was just like four, three or four ladies all sitting around the table, just like staring at us. 
like sort of older ladies and they were just all staring at us and then for some reason I was like I became lucid and then the dream just kicked us out straight away it's weird because I had a lot of dreams where I become lucid right and it's a certain scenario I had, I had one where I became lucid and there was like hundreds of escalators and I was trying to run to get the top of the escalators and just before I got the top of the to the top of the escalators mm. the dream just kicked us out Jeez. there's been loads of scenarios do you ever had like lucid dreams where you where you sort of you're trying to do something with a lucid dream and it just for some reason it kicks you out I've had I'm many n- I've never been kicked out of a dream never never been kicked out of a dream it like sort of just sparks us out of it and I just sort of go back into normal sleep mode or or wake, in, or wake up nah I never had that it, it does that when see if I'm having a vivid dream and um, something happens to you like where you feel like in a dream you get attacked or or you, or you feel threatened in the dream mm. like see if I've had scenarios where I feel like you're going to get stabbed or something like that or someone's like a threat to you in the dream yeah and you feel attacked and then some the dream itself does like kicks you out to sort of protect you no I've had really bad nightmares um, where I forced myself to wake up I've had them I mean, you don't hear many scenarios in the dream where someone gets attacked, and I've haven't heard many scenarios where people die in a dream. Like, I've been attacked loads in the dream. Have you? Because have you heard, have you heard any sorts. people that said they've de- like died in a dream before? Die in a dream. I'm I haven't really sure. heard many examples of that. That'd be interesting to find out if anyone's had an example where they've actually died in the dream, and what what would the implications be that be that if they did? That is a good point, actually. I'd like to hear that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of my dreams when I was younger, I used to have a recurring dream of. Um, I've fallen, but um, in a massive spiral, and where everything was spinning, spinning but falling, and it completely it, it separated me from like, because every time I went to sleep, or oh, I used to get this whole falling and spinning dream. And it was terrifying. It was really terrifying. It was I used to, and somehow I just, when I was younger, I just stopped having it. But I always remember it. I always remember the feeling of the dream. It's just, a, it's a terrifying, because the reality is, is that when you're in a dream, you brain complete, sorry, completely perceives it as real. And maybe that's why a lot of people can argue that the waking state, like here right now, is a form of, could be a dream, because it's so, it feels real, it's so unique. And, that, and that's why, and that's, that's why I keep questioning it, because... We, we put the dog's jumping off again we put these um we have the i think we, we have these like boundaries and lines between shh so we have these boundaries between what we think's real and what's not real mm-hmm. and like i think sometimes like i said before i used the example again for the third time of like this is solid so this this can't be anything else this has just mm-hmm. got to be what it is it's just a dream like the you, our whole perception of that's the dog the perception of that's the light whatever it is this is the sun this is the stars this is the planet Mm-hmm. We have these. I think the, when we when you do start really analyzing deeper on a fundamental levels, all these different states of reality, it's a. I think you really start can start questioning everything about your own existence. <laughs> and that's what's beautiful about dreams, because it actually gives us the input of like, you in a dream you believe it's real. So why can this not be a dream? You you constantly perceive this as a dream, as as reality. There's a lot you don't agree with it. There's a lot you don't agree with in a dream. But honey, it's just a dream. <laughs> Don't worry to go back to sleep, honey. It's just a dream. That'd be a minute we had to finish Life off the podcast, like, wouldn't it? Yeah. Put that in. Yeah. Put that right at the end. Should we leave it there? Yeah, let's leave it there, brother.
Thank Honey, you. it's just a dream. Don't worry, it's just a dream. Just a dream. <laughs> just a Pe- ride at an amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love, everyone. Peace from the dog. Talk. Come on. <laughs> Speak. Human. Peace and love. Peace and love. Woof and love. <laughs> Woof and love. Now that episode of Observing Our Thoughts got deep very, very fast. <laughs> but that's what these conversations are about. It's just about me and Chris getting together. Basically two best friends just sitting down and exploring some of the deepest concepts out there in the universe. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of Observing Our Thoughts. We have some amazing podcasts coming up. I promise you that we've been really working hard, traveling all over the place, really getting on some getting on some guests who I never expected that would ever get on the podcast as well. Not because they wouldn't come on, but just because I never thought that it would be in terms of practicality, in terms of where they live, in relation to where we live, it wouldn't be possible. But the universe, every now and again, plays little games in some podcasts that you will not be expecting are coming up very soon on this podcast, which is absolutely amazing. If you can, please check out our Patreon page and check out one-off donation option. It really does help us keep doing what we're doing and help us keep evolving the podcast. So anyway... We love you all, and just to play this podcast out, as always, as I always do on these, observing our thoughts, I'm going to play a song by, this is actually one of my friends as well from London, he's called Technique, and he's created a song called Once Upon a Time, so please check out his music, he really is an incredible up-and-coming artist. So anyway, enjoy this song by my brother Technique, peace and love. Once upon a time, counting all the stars. Once upon a time Once upon a time Counting all the stars Divine design was all round us When we looked high to the skies or we saw us downwards As seen in our glyphs We witnessed drifts of the ecliptic And predicted the seasonal shifts Before our fall from grace We recorded coordinates of our orbit space Calendars were born and we stored the dates Mathematic laws were explored and they formed the base We studied sacred science Found the love from above and plus it gave us guidance We would take tools, engrave all our current discoveries on the cave walls We observed the heavens and celestial bodies returned to earthly legends Came to earn our worship and we learned the lessons It was perfect in its purpose to confirm connections And now we're going back, four elements found in twelve houses of the zodiac We'd speak prophecies, all aspects were active or passive with three qualities we brought abundance all encompassed with the 36 deacons in the full circumference Ascendance to attendance in the halls of judgment Before the devil's fallen forces ever walked amongst us What we wrote was identical We knew the universe was multi-dimensional We had open minds and astrological oracles off the shoulder signs We used to do the knowledge Producing charts of shooting stars and the moving comets the sun was in our hearts and the moon was logic We used to praise the razor R and the lunar goddess Our megalithic structures aligned to remind us of our metaphysic wonders We never knew any fears and moved in tune with the music of the spheres On the planet long ago, far back with star maps and paths planned by horoscopes Stellar constellations were followed close Jotting notes on many correlations for the common folks 
track planetary positions And listen to the galaxy's transmissions Magic was not lost, God's watch Balancing mechanics of the cosmos Given the oldest wisdom Chakras in us were the mirrors to the solar system Behold the vision of the solstice and the whole precision Sephiroth's opened at the equinox to go the distance Once upon a time, counting all the stars. Once upon a time, counting all the stars.